Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, it's December, the 1st of December as we're recording this, the beginning um, of what um, I know John takes part in this Whamageddon, John. John's with us this evening. I do, I take it very seriously. Uh, I put my initial day one update up on the group today. Taking it very seriously. I went on a supply mission to Morrison's earlier on. It's very, very, very exciting. Do you know what? I looked up the lyrics to this and I was going to open by singing it, but then apparently that doesn't count. Doesn't so. matter yet. It's only original. If you play it now, I will find you though. <laughs> <laughs> that was my backup, but I, by then that felt that felt cruel. There was a there was a person in my work this morning threatened to wham everybody. And honestly, I don't think anybody's going to speak to her again. Yeah. So you have to listen. So this is you have to avoid as far as possible in December. Last Christmas by Wham, the original, not not the remixes, not covers. Just not the original. It at you. Just the original up to the twenty fourth of December. Have you ever made it? Uh, I made it the first year I done it. I was out in the eighth last year. Oof. It was quite early. I was over in Spar and I got whammed and I actually was... spent 20 minutes asking the shopkeeper if it was the original and to prove it. <laughs> Are you going to play it on Saturday night, John? Uh, funnily enough, no. No, it's not It's not one that... Uh, I don't think the talent knows how to play that one. So, um, yeah, not 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 Saturday, I'm afraid. No, this is, this is the... Um, well, it's kind of the two... Two fifths of the podcast have a band, <laughs> a covers band. Two, two, two fifths and two fans. That's almost a good band name. Yeah. And <laughs> um, where are you playing on Saturday night? Uh, so over at the cave in Paisley uh, at nine o'clock on Saturday night. So, uh, which will be good fun. And it is my birthday. So, if you are wanting to pop along and say happy birthday, are any of you watching live? He's even. This is this is how on brand John. He's even got a band T-shirt on tonight. I do. Screen, yeah, screenshot of the band. Yeah. Um, we're also joined this evening. We've got um, Craig Manson with us. Hello, Craig. How are we doing? I'm okay, Craig. Craig's got his own cult following now. It's quite quite frightening. <laughs> <laughs> the people in my Twitter mentions saying, oh, "I hope you're on the podcast this week, Craig, to give it to them." Well, you know, it's it is a Scottish uh, rugby podcast, uh, you know, featuring Craig. That's the, you know it has to be. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to ask for the name to be changed, so that all of my uh, my cult can follow me and know exactly where to find me. We're gonna to have to get you a proper. We need like a, a crew. We have to find a different way of pronouncing your name then, Craig Manson. Yeah, yeah or, or some sort of guru in front of it or something like that. <laughs> Doctor Guru Craig Manson. I have been told by my missus though I'm not allowed to set fire to the uh, to the house at the end of the FBI come calling. So. <laughs> go quietly. She said, "You have to go quietly." I have to go quietly. Apparently, yeah. What happens if you burn the house and the flames go orange and slightly, you know, like and there's like little flicks of blue? Would that like would that bring the cult closer to you? Well, you never know. I have sat. You know, I'm not going to say what I've sat or what I've done. I'm not gonna say I just because don't incriminate yourself, Craig. Yeah, I'm not incriminating myself yet until, Wait, until the, the stand side of things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pop down to Tesco and Cooper and make sure they don't sell you any Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know, there's always that bit. There's always that bit in the film where they have to go off and find the one guy that can talk them down. <laughs> don't send Johnny. That's me. Don't send Johnny. Please don't send Johnny. This guy. <laughs> so yeah, we've also that we also got Johnny McGinty with us this evening as well. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening, how are we doing? Johnny there stood outside of Craig's compound with their loud and hair <laughs> encouraging him. With a boombox on. on. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> wow. My neighbours are coming and throwing things at you. <laughs> That's the worst that can happen. So, well, the, the giant burning effigy of Blair Kinghorn could, you know, <laughs> think of the greenhouse gases that's going to sell. <laughs> So, anyway, this is a kind of fun uh, banter that you can hear um, at our live podcast that we're planning on doing. See, that was a neat segue, wasn't it? Um, we've, um, we have joined up with Three Bricks Events, who run um, they run um, American Football Watch parties. At- oh. oh, Cam has... Uh, he's, away. He's, he's gone. Uh, 
I think he was saying they run American football watch parties at the Biscuit Factory in Leith. I assume yes. that because that's where we're doing our Six Nations watch parties. So, I think no. Cam pressed the leave button. I pressed it. I didn't. I, I swept with my. What happened is I swept with my hands across, and it it, it pressed the back, made me my browser go back. Do you know what's great, Cam? Though you can't do that in a live show. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> nice job. But that so. that is what happens when you bring my name into question. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I cut Your you off. Clashes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Your Lordship. <laughs> Your Highness. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you can buffer at a live show. Maybe we'll give it a go. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm going to try very carefully move to the event page now without without going back on my browser again. So yes. this, um, the Three Bricks events are bringing, um, we've got a lot, Six Nations watch parties. Um, we'll be there doing live podcasts. You've got music from the clouds. We've got um, WP Nell's um, um, but was it a butcher? It's the proper pioneer. He's catering or company anyway that sells South Af- various South African cured meats. The proper pioneer. They'll be there as well doing the catering. Um, there's bits of there's gonna be kind of fundraising challenges and charity partnerships and and, and, and things still to be announced. So it's on Eventbrite. We'll put the link on the blog tomorrow. Um, you've got the fifth of February where there'll be Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and England. Twelfth of February, Wales, Scotland, and France, Ireland. 26th of Feb, Scott, France, England versus Wales. And then the 19th of March, the final day of the Six Nations, Wales, Italy, Ireland, Scotland, and France versus England. Um, we don't know what, exactly what we're going to be doing. It'll be kind of a bit of chat about the games, a bit of fun and games with, with people in the audience. There will be two of us there at each event. We, we'll finalise kind of the lineup closer to the time. Um, so that is, you know, we're quite excited about that. We've been talking about doing it for a long time, and and we're grateful to Three Bricks for giving us the chance to to give it a go and see 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 how that turns out. So we have live hands in the ruck. Just think of that <laughs> post match as well. It's going to oh, be carnage. Yeah. Can you just imagine? Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, um, so that's that. So like I said, keep keep an eye out for the uh, for the link on on the uh on the blog tomorrow at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk um it'll also be on our twitter pages as well at scott rugby blog and at scott rugby pod um we'll do the news then um although we have had some where's doogie donnies that i might need to get to if i can remember them if someone reminds me later on i might get some where, where's doogie donnies um do you have do you have announcements before that cam do i have announcements with regards to the event is there do we have announcements? Or have we got have we got winners yet, or is that later? Oh yeah, of course. Well done, John. See, this is this is why you're here, John. So, um, if anyone's laugh, mate. honestly, can, honestly. <laughs> when, this would never have happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> I would never have got to it. <laughs> I purposely didn't. I purposely didn't listen to it because I feel like it. I kind of feel like it'd be like you know, like somebody with a nanny cam. Just, I'll, I'll just trust that that's gone well. <laughs> nobody's emailed me to com- <laughs> nobody's said, emailed me to complain no no news is good news we've still got a facebook account this time so i was a bit dubious at one point but yeah we got there that's fine anyway um yeah so we uh we with the uh, three bricks events we had a, a bit of a twitter contest to give away some tickets they ran one on their instagram uh there are winners of two tickets so they're going to be in touch with the winners on instagram that they run on theirs and uh, nick sherrard who listens to the podcast lord nick nick has won two tickets to the event so Fantastic. well done to nick um everybody else they're on early bird uh and they're available from today which is the first of december so again link tomorrow um news then um we will start with there's um some sad news yesterday or last night anyway um the scotland back row siobhan Cattigan has sadly passed away um she big siobhan's a big part of the scotland back row over the last few years um she's playing the, the most recent games but um it's a, a big loss i think to scottish rugby craig and then obviously the, the women's squad are, are incredibly tight been kind of a, that, that same group of players have been together for for quite a few years now, so that's going to hit them quite hard, you'd imagine. Yeah, there's been uh, quite a large outpouring from all the rugby community, especially the the women's rugby community. Um, she's been, she was a very well thought of um, player, not only for Scotland but for uh, Stirling County. Um, in fact, she was um, well known to be one of the one of the stalwarts of the team and and and, and made and, and helped to make County what they are. Um, so. Uh, uh, an absolute, uh, you know, to be taken so young. Um, 
our thoughts really go out to our family and friends and our teammates. It's yeah. a, a sad time. Yeah. Um, we we didn't mention last week, and like you know, like I said it's it, you kind of it's hard to know how these things will affect the squad. But they have we have got the news now of the um, the qualifying dates for the World Cup, um, so they'll be in preparations for that now. So this is the uh, Scotland are going to be um, playing in a tournament in um, it's in in Dubai in February, late February. So um, they will play with in a squad with. Um, where have we gone? I had the list all gone. It's all gone. So Scotland will face Colombia as it stands in a semi-final, and then they'll face the winner of a match between Samoa and either Kazakhstan or Hong Kong, and that's going to be played at the Seven Stadium in Dubai on the um, in February. I think it depends on final world rankings, but um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Eminently doable, I would think, John as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you would, under nor- normal circumstances, those fixtures, you would be looking for Scotland to really kind of go and, and do a job there. I think um, we've seen in the past when we've lost people within the rugby uh, world, it can act as a, a highly emotional motivating factor. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they can also use it as such. But um, yeah, it's. It, it's really difficult, isn't it, to be even thinking about kind of World Cup qualifiers and World Cup games when you've had such a shocking piece of news. It's quite, it's quite difficult. So, um, yeah, I think everyone will just take a wee, a wee while to reflect and uh, remember uh, Siobhan and then uh, concentrate on the qualifiers after that. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's, you know, like, like we said, Johnny, she's, she was a big part of that back row for Scotland women for, for a few years now and it's uh, you know, it's obviously they've played the last few games since she wasn't there, but it's still it's going to be a big loss to this to the squad, and obviously something to be well thought of as well. Yeah, and it's difficult, especially you know, like you say that's it's been quite a core group for such a long time. It is really really hard when something like that happens, and she obviously was not just by the team, but quite quite well thought of by everyone. You know, we've got quite a few. Um, pod listeners and stuff who are involved with Sterling County who all say she was always down the club and she was more than happy to help out with the, with the minis and stuff and when you lose someone like that, it's not just on the pitch it's the the atmosphere that they bring around the team and stuff as well it's, it could only be really difficult Yeah, well that's it was thoughts with everybody in the, the, you know, the Scotland camp in Sterling County uh, with the loss of Javon um, there um, Other news then um, Lee Jones is is playing professional rugby again, Johnny? Um, he's been named in the seven squad. Um, I, I think everybody, not least Lee Jones, thought that his time had, had come, and and yeah. here he is. It's I don't, it's a weird thing to go from fully retired to sevens because <laughs> sevens is a lot of running. <laughs> and so I saw his name on the the team sheet, and I was like, really. Is that is that what he wants to do? Because if I was if I was retired, the last thing I'd want to do would be to go back to playing sevens. But did he officially announce his retirement, or did he just not have a contract? I think he retired. I think he did. Because yeah. I thought his exit from Glasgow was more of a, a I'm gutted to be leaving Glasgow, but it kind of left it quite open. And certainly from his interview uh, on the offside line. He was talking about how he'd always kind of thought he had another year to give. Um, he always wanted to play another year. And it was kind of like, you know, the opportunity came up and he jumped at it. But I don't know. I might be wrong. I mean, he might have outright said, you know, Steve Redgrave style, you know, I'm absolutely retired and that's that. But I think there was some ambiguity in it. I think you're right. I do. I, do th- I don't think he actually, when looking back at it at the time, it was reported as though, he had retired, um, but he was actually retired. didn't have a contract. Yeah, the, I, so. I do like, I do love I, just googling it just to try and find the news. And obviously, it's 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 the the parochial angle you get on things like this. It's in the Southern Reporter, Selkirk's Lee Jones, <laughs> Lee Glasgow Warriors, <laughs> and they've got a quote from the got a quote from Philip as well, just to say, <laughs> I "Wish Lee all the best." Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah, just yeah, it was just he was just the, on the final list of Glasgow Leavers. I mean, obviously they had a, a lot of wings brought in 
um, with the new signing. So you could see, but he's only, I mean, God, he's only 30. 33, isn't he? Is he 33? 33, I thought. Well, you forever go. look about 19, that's the main thing. Oh, does, no, that's I the mean, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can see, I mean, if you look at that seven squad, though, it, there's, yeah, it kind of makes 30 sense. Feet. 33. Well, it, it makes sense to kind of have somebody like Lee Jones come in because you've got Gavin Lowe, you've got Lee Jones, you've got um, Jamie Farndale's 43 caps. Given the break that there's been, Craig, in the sevens, and especially because for the last year they've had to play the GB squad because of the, ter- you know, the, the, the kind of contractual arrangements around the Olympics, it yep. makes sense to call somebody like Lee Jones back in so, you, so you're not starting the squad from a load of kind of guys in single-figure caps. Yeah, I think also uh, if you look at the squad, it's um, there's a lot of um, uh, young guys coming through from the Super Six. Um, so uh, I think having those, having those sort of, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that, he, that he's there only for this. I think he, he actually had some fantastic games just at the at the end of his Glasgow career. He, he played incredibly well um, at that point. So I think you, you'll find that he will. He's got. He knows what he's 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 got. He's he's been been out with the sevens before. He knows what he's doing, and he'll help them. Just he'll help guide them along. And uh, I th- I think it's a it's an interesting one, but I think it'll be a very very good appointment. I think. Yeah. <laughs> the other big one as well, which is interesting, is Femi Sofalaren, who mm. was playing for England before he turned eighteen, and I think turned out for Scotland as well before he turned eighteen, because you're not captured by the seven squad until you you turn eighteen. And has now obviously committed to Scotland. I think he'd said previously his, his ambition is 15s, but he is a really exciting talent. Johnny, he's somebody I think that's thought very. I think England were quite upset to see him go. Yeah, they did, they don't seem to be best pleased. Um, I think we're we're quite lucky that, that Scotland have had decent continuity with our seven setup. Um, so we're we're a lot better placed maybe to be attracting that sort of player um, there's a bit of upheaval around the other countries Wales especially obviously with their them completely sacking their sevens programme entirely and then deciding to bring it back I think we've kind of done the right thing to kind of keep ours ticket over and it, it means we're quite a sort of well prepared set up and it stands us in good stead when someone's kind of choosing their allegiance that, that we've got that sort of continuity I think so which given all the nonsense that happened a few years ago regarding the Sevens programme and whether we were scrapping it, it's incredible that we're standing here on that high ground going, yeah. look at us being organised. <laughs> well, I think I think Alan said recently, John, that they, they, they were pretty much told they had to have a Sevens squad because it was ridiculous for a Tier 1 nation not to have a Sevens squad. I, so that was, that was going to cut at some point. We were going to get telt. Yeah, well, that's true, but I mean... I, Ireland, you know, you can understand why they wouldn't want a seven squad. Uh, you know, you don't you don't tend to train uh, one up runners off of rucks uh, in sevens, whereas Scotland a wee bit more expansive. It probably suits our style slightly more. So um, it's probably the same with Wales actually. Can, can you, I suppose you can do up and unders in sevens. It's just not very effective. Ireland <laughs> just used their sevens program as a feeder for Love Island, did they not? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they get they get ITV money for their sevens program. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I wonder that we haven't got. A, we, obviously, there is a sevens program for the women. They're not in the World Series though, Craig. Although they have qualified for the Commonwealth Games, interestingly, I, I do wonder whether or not this is a a, a missed opportunity because Ireland made a big thing of getting their women to. I think particularly their their men's side to kind of try and qualify to get into the World Series, and you wonder whether or not. There's no sign that Scotland are making any concerted effort to do that, and it, obviously it is an, there's big money in sevens, and it's an opportunity to get some pro contracts handed out. And it's you know sevens has done wonder for plenty of players that have then gone to play fifteens. I mean, you look at the way that Wales have used it with their women, although you know obviously the way that they've treated the professional women's players isn't great, but they have nevertheless. It has been a good way of kind of being able to pay and develop. Particularly the backs to play at a higher standard. I think you're, I think you've hit the nail on the head about development. I think um, it's, it's, you know it, the problem you have is that is that again we find ourselves at the point of we've got money 
so we're going to spend it on the men's game. Um, and I think it's an opportunity missed. But also, we're 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 very. You've just you obviously just said it, but we're we're quite highly thought of as a, as a uh, as a union within sevens. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done a fairly good job um, with our we sevens. Invented it. Well, well, <laughs> there is that. I didn't want to go. You know, yeah, I understand. I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, they've ruined it by putting that pitch down at the juniors. But that's a different story. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, if you look at the if you look at the um, again, if you look at the the background of it, you look at how developed, you know, I, I know, for example, Pete Horn and George Horn both went through the sevens yep. and, and, you know, when, when George was in a wilderness, I suppose is a, is, is a bit harsh, but he, he was at a point where he wasn't, he wasn't developing through the, through the academy as well as everybody thought he was going to. And then he went with, went away with the sevens and absolutely was, uh, you know, on fire, um, and 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 it's brought him on. It brought Pete. Pete had an absolute fab time with the sevens and going around the world. So, I think it's. Um, I think we should be, if we're going to be at the forefront of something, can we just be the forefront of sevens and taking the women's game that way as well? Yeah. You know, lest we forget as well that uh, everyone's favourite Blair Kinghorn went to the sevens to recapture form after some confidence denting performances for Edinburgh which is another use of sevens that we maybe don't use as much. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they haven't, for all we kind of say that, you know, Scotland sevens are highly thought of, and I think we've had some exceptional players. We've never quite, Johnny, managed to scale the heights that I think we have the potential to. And I don't know whether or not the fact that Scotland use it as a development squad as opposed to having a proper fixed seven squad affects that a little bit because obviously there's that historic win in Twickenham. Um, but there's just no consistency to it. Yeah, and and that that will always be a problem when you're using it as a development tool. So I think Craig's absolutely right. We need, we need to decide what we're doing with the sevens and what it's going to be, because it's it's a really good developmental tool at the moment, and and it would be a shame to lose that. But at the same time, you're right. What you say about it needs to be consistent, and if you don't have a consistent group of seven specialist players and and we've got a couple of really good ones but I don't think we've ever had a, a decent group of them at a time then you're never going to be more than sort of mid table in the in the the world series is it they call it yeah um, you get a couple so, of shield you get a couple of shields and a couple of yeah, bodies, but you're exactly. never going to win that's, the, cup, that's the thing you? there's 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 so many trophies <laughs> like, <laughs> You can always be competing for something, but but it's you're, like uh, Scot- Scotland should be at the top of the table. That's it's like Oprah Winfrey. You get a trophy. You get a hole. You get a shield. <laughs> how, how is the trophy room in Murrayfield these days? <clears throat> Maybe they full, of full of balls. Full of balls. Oh, full of balls. We <laughs> <laughs> shield here, and there. Yeah, but it's, I mean, you know, and then we come on to obviously, you know, it's a shame that Scotland haven't got a leg of the World Series, but you know, we'll see. We might get one of the two Spanish legs the way it's going at the moment. I know. Well, who knows? We should be putting a bid for it because I mean, it's Murrayfield would be an immense seven stadium because it's got it's set up perfectly for that. You know, nobody goes to sevens to watch the rugby. Everyone goes out to go on the piss, don't they? You know, it's and and Murrayfield's perfect for that because you've got the compound. You can go and have the bands on in the background and stuff. And if you want to go in and be bothered to watch the rugby, you can do. The Sevens was always such a good day out, and it's, it is a real shame that we don't have it. I remember going to World Cup Sevens. Um, oh, must be ninety odd, maybe nineteen ninety something like that. It was a long, and it was held at Murrayfield. It was one of the first, if if not. That was late nineties because some of the players, when you look at the England squad, they had guys like <clears throat> um, Delalio were playing in that one. I think that World Cup. Yeah. It was was it not the last tournament in Old Murrayfield before they knocked it down though? No, this the one I went. Well, maybe it was. I just remember being right up in the gods, and uh, I got in the seven. The seven shirt at that time was just basically a, almost a replica of the Scotland football shirt. It was that same shiny polyester sort of. Um, <laughs> 90s sort of uh, out, out of where I always remember that because my dad bought me one when I was there. So, <laughs> as if I was ever a sevens player, I tell you, <laughs> I could dream though. And, and, you, uh, was... and you did dream, Craig. You did dream. <laughs> I dreamed, Craig. 
I'm trying to see when this was because it was um I did when we've got our, for for our patrons patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast three pound a month um we have that we did a podcast on the history of the sevens that's worth looking up um but I'm trying to I'm trying to see when that first because it was it was the first World Cup and okay it's not coming up now but there were some really interesting names in that um in some of the squads there was some I big think names. it was held I think it was held in England but it, but but Murrayfield was one of the one of the stadiums or something like that. Would it have been the 1993 World Cup Sevens, which were held at Murrayfield? Um, the tournament was the inaugural Rugby World Cup Sevens. That'll be it. That's it. That's right. That's it. Yeah. All Tammy I know is I've got my tickets to Shell. Jokes on you, it was actually 1992 and he just wanted to read that out. <laughs> yeah, it was actually 1990, but Cam's just edited it. <laughs> I just edited it on the fly. That's it. Here we go. Look, oh, look, the squad. Here's the squads, because the squads were really interesting when I looked this up. So if I can find the. Um... Now, can I guess? Was that the year Lomu played Sevens? No, Lomu was not in. Uh, there's a couple of big names in the New Zealand squad Todd Blackadder, um, Pat Lamb. Nice. Um, who we got for South Korea played in that? They did. Um, let's have a look, see if we find this Scotland squad and see what the um, David Campesi played for Australia, Michael Liner was there as well. Um, Scotland, oh, we had nobody. <laughs> we, <Donnie, laughs> we, we have played sevens, that's where we were in 1993. Donnie, Donnie Weir and Carl Hogg are the only names that stand out in that. Oh, Andy Nichols there as well. Sally played for Fiji. Uh, obviously, legend of the Sevens game. Neil Jenkins yeah. played Sevens. <laughs> England, the England squad, Lawrence Delalio and Matt Dawson were in that. <laughs> Cringe. But Matt Dawson yeah, must have been about 12 when he played in that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, France had Philip Bernard Salle and uh, Eric Bonneval were playing for them. Yeah, you see. So, some amazing names here. Oh, I'm bamboot, right? You guys got to report. I'm going to stay. Diego Dominguez played for Italy. Yes! <laughs> oh. Oh. This is what the Sevens miss is what you need to do. If you're doing a proper World Seven series, you need to just throw in a couple of big names. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially can, do, oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine Duhan playing sevens? <sighs> oh, I can just I've had a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Camera off. Yeah, see, they, they've ruined that because it used it used to be that sevens was the way you could you could re-nationalize yourself. That's right. Yeah. Because that's, that that's what that's uh, what Malachi Fekatoa just did, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the sevens loophole yeah. where you and then uh, someone, the Argentinian Italian guy in Italy Six Nations squad, he did it as well. Sergio Parisi. <laughs> Not Sergio Parisi. The other Italian, <laughs> the other Italian Argentinian guy. The, the other I'm Italian guy. Hey, Atto, I'm surprised Sergio Parisi wasn't in the 1993 Italy squad too. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Age> four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to check he wasn't. <laughs> um right so that's the sevens anyway um so what what we're we going to do first do you want johnny and john do you want me to get glasgow out the way first I suppose so. you've got you can as well get the negative out of the way before we turn on to the positive yeah. <laughs> i to remind myself what to remind myself of the key moments in the game I thought, while I was having my tea, I thought, I'll watch the highlights just to remind myself what happened. The highlights included, and I, I went back and counted them, seven scrums. Right? <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. the, the, the URC it's, highlights package included seven scrums. It was a horrible scrums. game. It was a horrible game. They I, weren't uh... even, things like, they weren't even, like, a scrum that then led to something. It no, was just it's a just scrum. Like, oh, here, here's and a scrum. They passed, then they passed the ball, and then they cut to the next scrum. Oh. And the clock had moved forward two minutes. And I was like, Oh, I forgot how bad that game was. It was dreadful. It was I was at a sixth birthday party on Saturday afternoon that somehow turned out to be more enjoyable than watching that Glasgow game. <laughs> what what was Do you it? Know, then, I John? Did see... Go on, Johnny, you go. What what, what I did was say it? last week that I was worried about Benetton, didn't I? I said I don't think it's as easy as you think it's gonna be. I don't think Benetton is I don't think as Benetton are as easy as people think they are. 
no. anymore. But, you know, and I think there's a obviously a historic reputation that Italian teams are rubbish, but you know that they were Rainbow Cup winners, and I know we joked about it at the time, but they, they still were Rainbow Cup winners. I mean, they're, they're yeah. on a. I mean, how many games have they won on the trot now? Are they like six, seven games unbeaten? Something like that, yeah. And, and like, as much as we joke about the Rainbow Cup, they were quarter finalists in the Pro 14 the season before. Mm-hmm. And they were one kick away from taking that quarter final off of Munster at Toman Park. Like, I think everybody, and myself probably, as well as the rest of us included, when they announced the format of the URC, went, oh, oh free money, four games against the Italian teams. But, but Benetton are not a joke team anymore. And like you, as we've both learned so far this season, you underestimate them at your peril now. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's that's one thing I did. I tweet about earlier on uh, when the game finished was, you know, it wasn't sitting ha ha ha. Look at you guys getting beat by by Ben, and it was we know where the, we know where uh, where you're coming from with that one because we they did exactly the same thing although it was instead of a penalty kick it was a it was a drop goal um but um i think uh, they are an incredibly strong team now they are becoming a strong team i, I i'm not one for going away I, i'm not a fan of them go you know going to actual going to benetton to to play them they're incredibly strong at home uh, we'll find out next week uh uh, how strong they are! Um, well, in fact, no, we'll find we'll find out on Friday. I should say um, how strong they are um, away from home. You know, yeah, John. What was it for you then? Because I mean, it wasn't like you know the, the Glasgow rested all their internationals. There was a <laughs> fairly solid, apart from you know Ryan Wilson being away with the kind of plague squad down in London. <laughs> um, it was the lack of Ryan Wilson, actually. <laughs> no, no. So actually, like. To be quite clear, Glasgow had that game. They could have won that game. They should have won that game. Much the same as Edinburgh, actually, earlier on in the season. And uh, I criticised Edinburgh at that point, saying that, do you know what? Right, so, I know we're all saying that Benetton are, a, 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 you know, a, a great side and they're, you know, they're no longer the joke side they were. This is telling about where Scottish rugby pro clubs are actually at just now, that we are worried about going away to Benetton because I can tell you for nothing that Ulster, Munster, probably even Scarlets, those sort of clubs are probably not that worried about going away to Benetton. They're probably sitting, they're not doubting, saying I we might struggle, we might get a wee losing bonus point here. So it, it, for me, it's quite frustrating. Glasgow shot themselves in the foot a hundred times over and then took the took the gun and just done what they want to do with it. It was ridiculous that we managed to lose that game. Three penalties conceded within 90 seconds that cost us the game. It was brain dead. And I'm going to a wee bit of a rant here, but I just need to get this out because my therapist tells me I have to. Um, <laughs> I said it last week, actually. I got forward a wee bit as well. Duncan Weir. You bring a, back, a guy back for a pure experience. You bring him back for, you know, exactly that moment, exactly those situations where it's experience, close out the game, make sure you make your touch, make sure you make your kicks. It is his game, and he absolutely and utterly made a plat of it. And it led us to lose the game. And, like, I'm not saying going out individuals. In terms of losing the game, there's lots of situations that we did lose the game, but that moment we could have won the game, and he's there to do that, and he failed to do it. But this is the flip side, though, and I want we we talk about the URC and the great thing it's done is it's it's the international windows now aren't compromised by having you playing your URC games at the same weekend as a, they're not competing with international games, but effectively, someone like Duncan Weir hasn't played rugby for over a month competitive rugby for over a month now i'm not i'm not using that as an excuse but but i do wonder whether or not in terms of match sharpness to then come up against benetton and you know they've got a lot of italian players in their squad obviously glasgow had the same but someone like someone in that pivotal a position coming in to close out a game who hasn't played rugby in a month is it is it a case of just a lack of match sharpness john or am i being charitable start him and bring ross thompson on then you know, like it's it's management at that point. I've also had my like my fill with Danny Wilson as well a few times on here, but like that, 
if he's not sharp, he's not sharp. That's fine. But then start him, throw him in, see how he goes for 40, and then bring on your guy who's been playing in the autumn or been training. It's not like these guys have been sitting on their butts for four to six weeks. They'll have been running about doing stuff. I've seen plenty of Glasgow Warriors videos that tell me that. Johnny, what what went wrong for you? Now that John's, John's rant's over. John, go and have a lie down, John. Stop me if you've heard this before. Glasgow's discipline, like, just, and it, it's exactly like John said, it's brain-dead penalties, stupid, yeah. stupid things that we don't need to be doing. And it happens time and time again. And I, do you know what? And that's not even a Danny Wilson thing because it was happening under the old management as well. Like something is going on with Glasgow's discipline, and it's all and it's been like that for years. And until it gets sorted, where we find ourselves in, in games like that, where you are two or three points either way from winning or losing a game, if you're giving away penalties like that, you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. Yeah, what went right for you though, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? No, um, Rory Darge was great again. Jack Dempsey was great again. Um, ball carrying from the loose forwards continues to be really, really good. Yeah. Um, we've got a bit of bite that I think we, we've lacked for a little while. We'll get Matt Fagerson back into that as well. Um, it's something that I said during the autumn that Scotland can do with. Um, and if Glasgow can, can keep producing it at that sort of level, then hopefully it'll sort itself out a bit for the national team as well because we are like our back row carrying has been great this year. It was it was really good again on Saturday. So happy with that. Was Sam Johnson captain or did I it was yeah yes, and he, he was, played yeah. I was still recovering from the flu so I didn't know if I was just he, hallucinating that. He was the CubeNet defender of the week with seven out of seven tackles. <laughs> there you go. Amazing. What an accolade. That's what all players aspire to be. It's aspire to be. <laughs> Phoned his mum straight away. Mum! <laughs> Cube net defender of the week. Well done, son. Look, he might well have done that, and you're going to feel really silly when he, <laughs> he watches this back. And he's then, he's we, walking his poor mum up because of the time difference, though. Exactly. <laughs> the and and then his mum, his mum messages you to say, are you dissing my son? He was CubeNet Player of the Week, and now you're you're going to get like all sorts of Twitter DMs now. I know. <laughs> Let's move on. I'll put you out of your misery. You don't have to talk about that game anymore. Yay! On the other hand, Craig... Edinburgh, Dragons, wow. That was a good game. It, it was a good game. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm tempering myself a little bit because it was Dragons. Um, although they are resurgent Dragons. They are, they are Dragons that, are, that, that, that seem to be winning the odd game instead of being beaten all the time. Um, but uh, and, and that is a game that Edinburgh would usually lose. Going all the way down to Dragons, and and would 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 bring out the you know Cockrell would would stick out all the young boys, and they would get overwhelmed by the game and would lose it in the second half. So Edinburgh seems to we seem to be developing a little bit of a backbone now, um, and being able to stop losing games in the last last five ten minutes. Although we didn't do that with Benetton, but that's a different story. Um, I really was impressed that the, the, the new Argentinians look absolutely fantastic. Um, Buffelli looked great anyway when I first saw him, but um, Moyano uh, really showed his class and his pace. If you if you look at the kick through and, he, and the chase of the ball, he he, he had his, his two defenders on toast. I didn't think um, I didn't think he was going to make that. He out of no, I was I was I looked at it and thought. Yeah, that, that that's that's not going to happen. They've got that covered, and he he got you know. And I don't know whether that's the it's the international side of him coming out of being able to get get the ball in that and in, in those sort of sort of close um, close contests or, or not. But he, yeah, he, he got his hand to that, and that was absolutely fabulous. Um, Hoyland, Damien Hoyland was on fire again, um, trying you know really trying to prove himself as an international a Scotland internationalist, although. We've got phenomenal backs as we stand, but having uh, Damon Hoyland is absolutely, uh, you know, was all over the park. Um, and then the usual, um, Luke Crosby looked fab, uh, incredibly good, um, a great replacement for Jamie Ritchie when Jamie Ritchie's away. Uh, in fact, I think he's maybe got a little bit more bulk than Jamie Ritchie. Um, 
we we also Magnus Bradbury's still pushing hard and he seems to be performing incredibly well in the shirt at the moment and he's stringing a few you know a few pretty good performances together so yeah I've mentioned virtually all the team just about but I, I think they've do, <laughs> they've they've done an incredible they've, they've they've done an incredible job I think that you know for for a team that we all s- s- talked about being in um not limbo but in the 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 changing um, with Mike Blair, they've changed quite quickly and they've got into their winning ways quite quickly. Um, I think the, the the groundwork has been done with Richard Cockrell. I think he's 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 um, invested in players that have proved very, you know good. Um, uh, he spent the money well, good investments, um, and then Mike Blair's has added a few people on the uh, you know on the outside, which has really come in and and, and shown us some quality, you know. I think there's a difference though in rhetoric though, and 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 you can I think you can probably see that in the squad and the way they responded to it because, like you said, it kind of struck me when you were saying earlier about Richard Cockrell in these kind of games, as like you said, he'd stick out the kids and they'd lose, yeah. and Richard Cockrell would shrug his shoulders and say, "What do you expect? Yeah, it's the URC, it, you know, it's the Pro 14. We're going to get beaten in these games all day long, and we haven't got our players aren't good enough." Yeah. I think that can you imagine being the fringe players hearing Richard Cockrell saying that? It's like, oh, we've lost that big voice to the internationals. Oh, we, we can't win that. You, you, but you look at somebody like, like I said, Damien Hoyland, who's been a fringe player at Edinburgh for a few seasons now. And, you know, he, he's going into that game, presumably with Mike Blair saying, putting faith in you to go and put a performance rather than I'm throwing you in because we haven't got anybody, you know, our, our normal wingers yeah, away and we'll probably lose, but on you go, son. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, we've gone from a point of, as an Edinburgh fan, I've gone from this point of, oh, we're going off the Dragons, all the all the big players are away with Scotland or they're, or they're, they're on their break from Scotland, this is going to be squeaky bum time, I'm really not going to, I'm not looking forward to this game. We now have the depth that we can, th- the young lads that are coming through are strong. Are, you know they have they have the ability to you know there's um, McBurnley um, uh, at Hook had a had a very good performance on the weekend. It's the first time I've really seen him, um, and uh, you know I, we we've got that depth now. Um, and then having and 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 you all we all you've all had a giggle and we've all had a, a long discussion about it and we've had this and that and the other. But I will say that Blair Kinghorn at ten is working for me. Um, and he's doing a good job. Uh, he's distributing the ball. He's got. He's. He's. You know, the only. The only, I suppose, questionable thing at the moment is is his, is his goal kicking. Um, and if you, you know, we were talked about Finn Russell last week about his goal kicking. So, you know, even the best have have their issues with their goal kicking. So I, I think um, Blair Kinghorn at ten is surprising those who maybe didn't believe. But who's he yeah. against? Sorry. <laughs> John, who's he, John, who's he, no. Who's he played against? Look, if look you, 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 is... you, you, no, no. I, I, I understand what you're saying, John. I absolutely understand yeah, what you're like, saying, John. If he runs a game you know, against Ulster, we haven't... If he runs a game against Munster. Fine. Like, <clears throat> let's let's call my ten at that point. I will hands down. I will come on here and I will literally say to you, fine. He had a great game at ten. That's fantastic. He hasn't played against Andy yet. Yeah, but John, hang on a second. The big thing you have to understand. And I will, I will, I will back this up. I'm always told he's won. We have won the games we're in the position we're in because we've played the games that were in front of us. That's the way it is. I don't. Oh, it, is, know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how the, how the, it doesn't matter how the dice land. It doesn't matter how you, how you're. You know, we can. I can go and pull all the proverbs out, Mars, if, uh, if you want. <laughs> um, he had. Those are the. Those are the fixtures. We've done the. Fi- you know, we've played the fixtures and we've won. Four drawn, one lost, one, um, and and I think if you look at them for for me, if you actually watch them, yeah, okay, th- th- there's there's wee holes here and there in his game. I totally understand that, but if you watch the the ability for him to get through the tackle, to to step the player in front of him as a ten, um, he's not just got the passing game or a kicking game. He can attack the line, okay. um, and that for me um, has been. Maybe missing a little bit, um, and I, I, I've got to say, uh, it's probably done. Yeah, you know, I think like, that's the thing is, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. jump in. I think 
I mean, Brody makes a decent point, but that was early. You know, that's that's early on, and that was the first game. Was that like the first game that they stuck the king on at Something ten, and we're like, yeah, what, the hell, what, yeah. what the hell's going on here? But but I think John's point's valid, but it does work the other way in that while he's he's being eased into, you don't throw yeah, a guy in absolutely. and say go and well, well they did. I was going to say you don't throw a guy in against someone like <laughs> Rassing and hope that he plays well at ten. Edinburgh did, yeah. um, but you know the. I I can see. I think it's. I suppose the question is: well, it's it's hard to see and hard to gauge where Blair Kinghorn's potential is at ten. I think that's that's the thing because because it's unusual. Apart from Greg Laidlaw, maybe it's unusual. I think for a player at his stage in his career, although he's quite young, to switch to such a pivotal position. You see players maybe switching. You know, you can see a fullback getting the wing, a wing going to fullback. You maybe even see guys switching to centre. But to, to, I think it's unusual for players to kind of be parachuting at ten, having not played much ten before at, at this level. And that's not to say it won't work. And all the evidence so far suggests that this is working and it's going to work to a degree. We just don't know what that degree is yet. So I, I think that's the. I suppose that's the issue. Whereas a lot, I suppose a lot of someone like Ross Thompson, for example, maybe I suppose from the outside looking in, people would have more faith in Ross Thompson because he's come through as a 10 and he's played on the 20s as a 10. So I have no, I mean, Christ, even Blake Horns and national coaches has said he doesn't know how well he's going to go at 10. But, you know, so I have no doubt that Blake Kinghorn could be an exceptional 10. I think it's a great thing that actually Scotland are developing depth at 10 and 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 we've got guys now that can not just play 10 but can switch positions so you have got much more cover i mean like you know it was only a few seasons ago we were saying where's the next 10 coming after finn russell yeah joe and then all of a sudden we've got adam hayes we've got you know you've got blair kinghorn coming in so i get the i get the blair kinghorn love i absolutely do i think he's doing a, i think he's doing a phenomenal job i think he's doing great to kind of Persuade the doubters to change their mind that they can go to ten, but I also I also get the skepticism. I think it's just that thing. It's hard to judge his potential because he's just literally been going. You're a ten now, and you're playing at professional level as ten. It's hard to kind of see. Normally, with a player, you would see some kind of like developmental curve, Johnny. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and like I think part of where the skepticism has probably come from is exactly because of that. It's not his fault, and there's nothing he can do about it. But but when when Edinburgh just wake up one day and go, oh, you're a 10 now, and then Scotland go, oh, is he 10 now? Cool, that's fine. Like, that's where I think a lot of the scepticism stems from. And he has had some really good games at 10 for Edinburgh. Um, He was pretty decent against Tonga for Scotland as well. Um, But, you know, like like John says, and and like Brodie was saying, he has to prove it against a higher level opposition, and he will get a chance to. um, And I I hope for his sake and for all of our sakes that, that when he gets that chance that he takes it and we have another option. Because I don't think any of us don't want it to work. No, absolutely. Like I'd absolutely. I'd love I'd love him to be a great option at 10 because he's already a good option at fullback and a great option on the wing. So if he could be an international quality option at those three positions, then he's a weapon like we've rarely had before. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but we do have to see it be proven against high level opposition. Yeah, but you're you're talking about a, a head coach who's coming and changed them, change, or or has has started working on with at, at ten. He's come from this, the, the who was the attack coach for Scotland, and he's mm-hmm. been well known within um, both Glasgow and Edinburgh and the Scotland setup. He knows his stuff. He's known he's known Blake Kinghorn for many many years. Um, you also uh, and and we seem to get lost slightly in the hype train. Of and and I'm not, this isn't this isn't about Ross Thompson, but we're talking about Ross Thompson now is going to be the next ten. He's going to be the one that comes through. I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that because if you guys want, if if Glasgow wants to bring out these merc, these wonderful mercurial tens and and produce them and they go into the Scotland squad, awesome because we've had Finn Russell, we've had um, uh, Hastings, and we've got Ross Thompson coming along. I'm happy to have Blair Kinghorn exactly where he is, week in, week out, winning, winning, helping us win games so that we're finishing in higher in the league and we become 
more we come let we become less of a punchline and more of a team that, that's talked about alongside Ulsters, alongside Munsters. I'm not going to say we're ever going to be have the, the firepower that Leinster have. But that, you know, okay, fair enough. Blair will probably have um uh, a lot of ambition to play, whether it's fifteen or ten for Scotland and and all that. But as an Edinburgh fan, I'm quite happy for him to be you know, uh, what's the word, to, to, to be left at home because we need them. King Horn will always be in the Scotland squad, though. It will always be in the Scotland squad for versatility. It's an interesting, but it's an interesting thing you said there, Craig, about the, you know, Glasgow's mercurial talents because I think that that also is something that is, is unfortunate for Blair Kinghorn is Scotland's history of tens. Mm-hmm. You look at every, everything kind of BF, right? Because all Scotland, all Scotland performances have to be judged BF, which is before, before Finn. Before, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you know, Dunkey Weir, Rory Jackson, Dan Parks. Oh, there was a time when we had Chris Patterson playing 10. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. and probably that's that's part of it, switching a 15 to 10. I'm probably having like nightmarish flashbacks <laughs> to the time when they tried to like shoehorn Chris Patterson in as a 10 just because he could kick well. But, I, Blair Kinghorn at ten isn't a ten that Scotland have seen during the 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 AF period, the after Finn period. So all we've got, all, all all Scotland fans have to do is to say he's not Finn Russell, and that's right, he's not Finn Russell. But that doesn't mean that he is a bad ten because actually they're not. They don't. They they'll do some of the things the same, but but they don't. Uh-huh run the game in the same way that they're not going to because they have different skill sets that's not a bad thing but i just i think people he'll always be compared to finn russell until he does something exceptional and then he won't be because suddenly people will go oh hang on he's he's a different kind of player he's not something we've seen before because apart from finn russell everybody else before that was rubbish <laughs> ask lester how they feel about the fact that they're waiting to sign Andre pollard because yeah. He's not Finn Russell, but I would take him in a heartbeat. He's a World Cup champion. And he's a lot more like that sort of runs the game, takes his kicks, puts the right people in the right positions. You don't you don't get a like 30-meter mystery pass from Andre Pollard, but he's a world champion and he's an absolutely outstanding tech. So you don't have to be Finn Russell to be a good tech. Yeah. I mean you look at Dan Bigger. I mean, Dan Bigger's won Grand Slams. What Finn what's Finn Russell won? Just when you need you need a good team around you. You need a ten that can play the game that they want to play, and I've I've no doubt that Blair Kinghorn can do that. And it's just, I suppose, it's just going to take time for one for him to be given opportunities, like everyone says, to to kind of show himself at, at a higher level. And and those, as you say, Craig, they, those haven't come because he hasn't. They, they just they It's not they've not been given the chance. They just hasn't had the chance yet. Yeah. And, and yeah. secondly, it's it's that time to kind of say to people, I'm not a Finn Russell, I'm not a Ross Thompson, I'm not an yeah. Adam Hastings. I'm like nothing you've seen before in Scotland, and that's not a bad thing. The thing is with his versatility as well, we have got the option, if we wanted to, to have him and Hastings on the bench. Yeah. And then if it gets to six min- 60 minutes and we think, right, we need somebody who's going to go on and not cost us the game and kick three penalties, then you can send on Blair Kinghorn. Or if it gets to 60 minutes and we're... 15 points behind, we're going to go right. We're going to go, we're going to hit the full madness switch. Then Kinghorn stays on the bench. You can leave, you can put Hastings on. I'm more, I'm more excited about some the, the fact that Townsend said I can also see him as a center. Mm. And, and, and that yeah. can you imagine, can you imagine having a player on the bench that could cover 10, 13, and full back and wings? Because that gives that then, but that. That gives you also all sorts of different permutations, and one that can play those positions well. It's basically what Australia have done for years, where they've yeah. just taken every talented player they've, <clears throat> they've ever had and said, "You know what? Play every position. Play ten. Play thirteen. Play fourteen. Play 15. I mean, James O'Connor. Where has James O'Connor? I don't think he's played scrum half, but I wouldn't have put it past him because <laughs> he is he has played everywhere else. No doubt he's played everywhere else. I know he's played twelve and thirteen. And he certainly played fullback. I don't know. I know he'll have played wing as well. I think I don't remember him. He has, yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, Australia have done this, and I've got no issue whatsoever with that. It's basically, um, like Blair Kinghorn's going to be Scotland's equivalent of a box to box midfielder. <laughs> it was a yeah, really... like... But the thing is, though, you also have to look at um, that maybe it's what the Scotland squad is looking for. Yeah. 
Um, you know, Ross Thompson, as as good as he is, um, can have quiet games. Can be, you know, he's a young guy. Um, you, I, I don't know if we desperately need another Finn Russell or another another Hastings, another Adam Hastings. He needs to develop. You know, he's he's got. To, we've been playing him at Glasgow's been playing him at fifteen as well. You know, so it's is this is this an SRU thing? Is this a a, a, a Tooney thing? To is he take, looking at every single player he brings into the Scotland squad to train, and is he trying them out at different places? And all of a sudden, you look at Kinghorn, and and what I like about this is we're having an actual serious conversation about Blair Kinghorn uh, instead of just you know writing him off and just saying he's got he's got fingers like. Coos, Coos others, um, you know. See that I did it cleanly as well. well done, <laughs> um, so it, it's it's good that we're you know he's proving that we can talk about him in a, a in a positive way um, because he's 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 working hard for it and actually he's, he's showing some skills. We'll wait and see. Yes, I'm fair enough. We've got to look at the the. Uh, uh, who we've got coming up, and I'll tell you what the test will be on Friday. If he's at, if he's at ten on Friday, you know, going up against a strong Benetton team again, um, it'll be an interesting. It'll be an interesting to see what he does against them. Um, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to answer. There's a couple of questions in the in the um, uh, yeah. in the, the the comments that are just saying about um, Yako, and Yako is still injured at the moment. Um, I don't think he is out of favour. I think um, Yako, you'll probably find that he'll be this. He'll be either start. They'll, they'll, they'll use both Kinghorn and Yako, um, starting both. You know, both times. Um, you know, you'll find that one game he's, that, that Yako's starting and one time that Blair's starting. I would think, and then you'll have uh, the other two, um, Savala and. Um, uh, oh, I've forgotten the other chaps. Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Um, you know, um, you'll probably find that they're. Um, Ethan Chamberlain's fear dropped off the radar, hasn't he? He had such a, a hard baptism of fire with Edinburgh yeah, because, yeah, yeah. because of the he was thrown in at the deep end. Yeah. yeah, he was, and you know, like I, 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 it was, it was the first time. Like, I mean, yeah, okay, I have a heart. I actually was looking at that poor guy under a cockerel game plan, and watching him and being like, this guy is terrified to make a mistake. Is terrified to play. And watching him, you know, there was like kicks, kicks to touch and stuff like that. And watching the the amount of, you know, the guy had a huge boot on him. He's got he's, he's got a very very good kick on him. He's he's knocked penalties over from forty five plus. And you're watching him, and he's taking like twenty meters on penalties, and it's like he is under pain of death to not miss touch here. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but there's it's a player that's hard. there's a player that's taking a chance to go to the Super Six and yeah, you know, build his confidence up. Rightly so. Yeah, rightly so. We definitely needed yeah. it. We definitely needed it. So to be clear, we all want Blair Kinghorn to succeed. We all want him to do well. I, I'm just, I, I just need to see it against a better cal- caliber of team, and then I'll be here saying, "Yep, awesome." Yep, good stuff. I'm pleased we could all agree to a certain extent and reach some form of consensus over Blair Kinghorn before Craig shot himself in his compound. <laughs> I'll have to have a work with Blair Kinghorn robot to take over the world. I will guide I him. Don't you worry. Torches disappearing from my window as we speak. <laughs> he must have called his followers off. Anyway, look, that we're going to draw it to a close then for this week. Uh, like I said, if, if you want more details on the live podcast, go to the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. If you are a Patreon, then you'll, um, if you hang around, if you're watching this live, you'll get uh, the second half of the podcast. You can also get access to that on the audio podcast as well. Um, for £3 a month, you get the normal podcast ad-free, plus then a bonus podcast where we just have a moan and a swear for another hour or so. Um, um, we'll be back next week. Um, we've got, I've got some plans for some form of Christmas special, but the, there's European rugby games getting in the way of my, my Christmas quiz. That Let's I want to be run. honest. No, That's there's really not. frustrating. No, there's not. Let's know, be honest. We've got 10 minutes of talking about Glasgow versus La Rochelle, and then I'll ask you questions, some, some random <laughs> questions about the, the season so far. Um, <laughs> so watch this space, but we, we normally have a, a bit of fun at Christmas where we do a quiz or can so. I, can we, I interject another couple you of names them. from the Sevens in, in 1993? You missed, you missed Andy. You missed Andy Nichol. 
from Scotland. I didn't. I did. I say I spotted him. I did say I need a call later on. Did you? All right. And you missed you spanned the race season in South Africa. Oh, there we go. So you missed missed the big one. Hey, I've got some new big news for Patreon. I have found a picture of uh, Doddy Weir in the nineteen ninety three Scotland Seven shot. (laughs) So (laughs) you watch live on the Patreon. I will. I will share that with you. But for the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John, Craig, and Johnny. Bye. Bye. Bye.